Are we out of this elevator? This <laughs> is the elevator to hell. <laughs> elevator goes down. The, it goes down 666 floors. <laughs> the closer you get, the more screaming you hear. Yeah. How many level 13s are there? 666. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bardic Mystery Tour, and we really Bardic Mystery Tour is a 5th edition D&D actual play about a rock and roll band who solves mysteries while they're on tour. I'm Ed, and I'll be your DM. I'm Emily, and I'm playing Alor Bard, who's the bass player in the band Dorm Lancer. He's pretty down-to-earth, nearly 8 feet tall, and loves playing hacky sack. Hi, I'm Brayton. I'll be playing Staff. Staff is a changeling College of the Road Bard guitar player for the band Dream Lancer. His band members don't know yet. Staff parades around as Roger Stewart, but occasionally steps into other personas to get the job done. Nora here, playing Soft Wind in the Trees, a.k.a. Windy, a tabaxi lore bard. Windy's not a big fan of caves or mountains, and she's really hoping that she stops getting covered in water, goo, and slime. She loves being on the road and collecting stories that she can eventually tell to her snowy mountain clan. Last time on Bardic Mystery Tour... The gang was released by the Goblin King to fulfill a trade, their freedom, for information on the whereabouts of the four champions of Oilertown. After leaving the Goblin City, they ran into a strange traveler, a fox person searching for the Golden Salmon. We join them as they continue on their journey. This is Bardic Mystery Tour. You continue down the path, and in the middle of the road... It's not a road, it's a path, but I already said path, and I didn't want to say path too many times. Way. You can say way. Way in the path, there's a small creature. Golden salmon! With six legs? Oh. Is it a weird hamster? And two very large mandibles. It's covered in a carapace. Like four back legs it stands on, and two front ones that are like... Kind of praying mantis, like, hooky-looking things, I guess. Is there rust all around it? Nope, it stands up on its back four legs, and it's probably two and a half feet tall. Like a centaur. Do we know what it is? It has, like, bug eyes. Roll, uh, roll a, a history check, and I'll tell you. Ten. Twenty-three. Oh, I got a twenty-one. I thought it was going to be the best. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah. It's a militar. No. It's an onk egg. It's not an egg, though. It already hatched. It's an onk egg. How do you spell that? A-N-K-H-E-G, onk egg. Are they intelligent? Not super bright. Are they poisonous or venomous? They're not poisonous or venomous, but they're acidic. Ooh. I guess. But Windy doesn't know any of this shit. Does it see us? Yes, it sees you. It makes this noise. And then there's a rumbling underneath you, and the ground collapses, and this giant one comes out of the ground. It's nine feet tall. And the little one just burrows into the ground real quick. How far in front of us is it? This big one. It splits the party in two. Everyone roll a die and tell me if you get an even or an odd number. A d20? 
I don't any die. Not a D5. Here's a hack. Roll an odd number die, and then you can get a higher chance for odd numbers. Three. Eleven. Odd. Oh, thank, yeah, odd. Thank you, Brayton, for odd. following instructions. Wendy, the bass player, and Raj are all, you're on the side of the little one from the big one. But Booger and Roland are on the other side. Roll initiative. Fourteen. Nine. Five. The Ankeg attacks. Poor defenseless Booger without a spear standing there shrieking in terror. I feel bad. I gave him that arrow and he threw it away. I don't feel bad. It didn't have a point on it. It grabs him with its giant pincers. Crushes his waist and then acid from his mouth burns a hole straight through him and he shrieks in horror and goes, Oh God, it's killing me. And then breathes his last breath and falls in two halves on the ground. Hang in there, buddy. Now I feel really bad. I mean, based on what just happened, him having a spear would have done nothing because he would just have let go of it when he got crushed to death and acided in half. Who has his spear? Me. I have it. She's still holding it above her head like, no, 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 no. Wendy, throw his spear to him on your turn. And then Roland whipped out a short sword. But he misses. Wendy. Booker's gone, right? Like, I can't heal him from being cut in two. Number one, there's a giant monster between Well, yeah, but I'm just asking. No. Okay. Wait, between both halves of him or just, like, is it more like a triangle? Oh, maybe it, like, whipped him around and, like, bits of him flew all over the rocks around you. Oh, it's not just two halves. It's, like, two halves and a bunch of bits. Yeah, I guess. That's gnarly. Um, I am going to shoot it with my crossbow. Uh, 20. That's technically a hit. Two damage. That's all I got. Roger. Okay, I'm going to pull my rapier out, and I'm going to attack this thing using my College of the Road duelist feature. Met myself a warrior, he was spry and he was quick. He gave to me this rapier and he taught me all its tricks. Powerful attack is the best kind of defense. And when I meet a foe, then they meet their bitter end. I hit armor class 17, which I think hits. Do you mean the paladin trick or whatever? No, the paladin one does more damage when I heal. This one is the dueling specialist. Okay. I learned this from a fighter on the road. Okay. You just didn't say which one. You just said you were going to. Yeah, it's because the name is like... Armed combat lessons focusing on duelist. It's an anime ability call out like Humblewood Expansion, College of the Road Bard, Armed Combat Specialist, Duelist Specialty. Go! Like, it's just like a lot of specifications. You should show you that's just like some letters. Oh, yeah. Does that make a sweet acronym? I don't know. Let's work on that after this. Does a 17 hit it? Yes. Nice. For 16 damage plus two. For 18 damage. Holy crap. Yeah, now I deal two more damage for the rest of the next 10 minutes. Nice. We'll let you kill It might be a minute. 10 is better than one. All right, bass player. All right. I am going to run up in the front and hold my shield up and cast Blade Ward, my cantrip.
Wait, Blade Ward gives you resistance against weapon attacks? Yeah, but you decided earlier that meant, like, claws, too. That's a natural weapon. The Honk Egg rears up. Well, number one, it spins around because it's getting hit from behind. And it rears up and it cocks its neck and it fires a jet of acid out of it all over the three of you. Ew. God dang it. I, t- I said in my Cutting intro. Words. I didn't want to get hit with any weird liquids this time. The damage? Yeah. All right. Well, may everyone make a dexterity save. Nine. Eleven. Eight. Raj succeeded, so. hey You're going to take half damage. Minus whatever my. No, half of the damage minus the bark is cutting words. Okay, you're the DM. Five damage. To Raj? No, to you. Is that including my blade ward? Your blade ward doesn't affect it because it's not a weapon attack. Are you kidding me? No. What about her shield? Blade ward's only good for slashing, bludgeoning, and piercing. And your shield adds armor class. It doesn't reduce damage. Okay. I'm just telling you that if you were holding a shield up and something spit acid at you, you would get less acid on you because you're holding a shield in front of it. That is logic. That's all I have to say about that. All I have to say about it is in the rules of D&D, an attack roll and a saving throw are different. And a shield helps you with one of them, but not with the other one. Let's just assume you didn't want your shield to melt in acid because it's your, like, family heirloom. So you dodged your shield out of the way when you tried to jump out of the way. Because while you're doing a dexterity save, what you're trying to do is get out of the way. Because you can see it coming. So your shield doesn't help you get out of the way with all your stuff if it's part of your stuff. Why is Captain America so good at getting out of the way then, huh? Asking the tough questions. He has questions. a high reflex save. Yeah. He's a captain. Yeah, you ever see Captain Crunch get hit with a cannonball? Never. No. I don't think so. Never. What about Captain Ehab? He has all his skin. He wasn't a captain. It's just Ehab. What's that guy with the hook hand? Captain Hook. He lost a hand before he became a captain. Are you sure? Yeah, he got eaten by a crocodile. I think his name was Captain Hook yeah, before he Yeah, I had think a hook he hand. was a captain the whole time. His first name is Captain. Maybe. And he's not a captain. Don't know. Then Roland attacks it. He hits it in the back. Windy. I'm going to cast Shatter in an area where it will only hit the Ankeg and not Roland, if that's possible. I'm not confident that's super possible. You I guys don't know how close line. we are. We're real close. Go up. Get his face. I cast it in the air above. This is that tricky rules-breaking D&D <laughs> geometry. And I will allow it. Okay. Quite a clatter, stomping and raging about until we resolve the matter. But when we reach that point of no return, I'll end the argument definitively with a shatter. Because if they wanted it to be cast at combat height, they would have had to mention that. If you don't want to break your game with geometry, then don't use geometry to make your game. Because geometry has rules. Um, so the spell save is a constitution saving throw against 14. 
18 damage. Oh, the loud boom from the shatter erupts above the Ankeg's head. You see it bolster itself constitutionally. Its carapace is failing in many places. It looks distraught and terrified. Roger. Now it's your time to die, Ankeg. And I stab it with my rapier. I hit armor class 21. That's a hit. And I do 8 damage. As the Ankeg, terrified from the shatter, attempts to flee the scene, Roger stabs it through one of the cracks in its carapace. Getting in the crickety crack. It fails at digging and falls lifeless into the half-dug hole it was making. Sick. That one's for Booger. And then Roland jumps up on top of it and stabs it and goes, Oh, die, you stupid bug! Just making sure it's really dead, you know. And then he pulls his sword out and he stabs it again and he goes, Eat shit and die! And he pulls his sword out again and he stabs it and he goes, Oh, I'm the strongest in the world! You yell out, Hey, 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 I think, I think he's good. I think you got him. No, get that aggression out. This is the safe way to get it out. He pulls his sword out and he like looks at Wendy and just kind of slowly stabs it one more time. And he goes, For Booger? Oh, yeah. For Booger. Okay, for Booger. Yeah. I'll stab it one more time. <laughs> oh, and I say, hey, guys, uh, since Booger's not with us any longer, um, I just wanted to tell you I picked up this really cool silver dagger while we were in the dungeon. Oh, sick. I found it, so. I saw you do it. Yeah. We're twins, and I show off my silver dagger. Me and you and Jessica are blessed and me. Yeah, you got a lot of dagger twins, it seems like. It's my thing. I'm only dagger twins with people I really like, Raj. Roland goes... You guys know Jessica Arbalest? Yeah, yeah. she's my aunt. No, yeah. How do you know Jessica Arbalest? She's a famous author. She's your aunt, man? Yeah. She's your aunt, man? No, just... This Ankh egg is kind of like an aunt. Aunt. Ankh man? Aunt. Aunt. A-U-N-T. Are you trying to say that this Ankh egg was Jessica Arbalest? One of my parents is the child of somebody who was siblings with my great aunt. You lost. Just say, one of my parents is the sibling of Jessica Arbalist. Yeah, but I think that she's my great aunt. Oh. But I actually think that she's just maybe just as my regular aunt. she alive? Yep. Huh. Yeah, we saw her in a town. Like, what town was that? Baker's? I don't know. Baker's Field. Field. Yeah. She was not very good at fighting. No, she almost died. It was a little scary. All right, she's my aunt, okay? So I still kind of hold you guys responsible for taking her into danger. It's Maybe if you had hung out with us, then you could have told her to stay I back. was having food poisoning. Well, maybe you should, like, eat different food sometimes, you know? Neither one of us got it. Let's have and, a moment any, of silence yeah, for Booger. Yeah. Let's give him a Viking funeral. And Roland stabs young keg and kegs again. <laughs> Are we going to light the sucker on fire? Yeah, let's put him on top of the onkeg and then light him on fire. Then Roland's like, let's find the baby and kill it. Hold on. Yeah. Let's take it down a notch. Take the bloodlust down just one notch. The baby's going to turn into a full-blown onkeg and it's just going to keep killing goblins. If you don't want goblins to die, we should kill the onkeg. We're not super concerned about goblins dying. We're just trying to become famous. Famous? You guys are authors? No, we're a rock and roll band. And then yeah. we take our stance. Do you play an instrument? No. All right. You should learn one. Yeah, it's never too late to learn. Uh, I'm more into fishing. Okay. Okay. Everyone's got like something. A couple of my brothers and sisters are into music, I guess. 
Mm. I think we come from like a long line of musicians, but too lazy. Right on. Um, Can we give Booger a funeral and then continue on our way? Yeah, you want to like cut open the onk egg and shove Booger in there and close it And put him on top and then set the onk egg on fire. You take the half-dug onk egg tunnel that it came out of and you throw Booger in there and push all the rocks back in. Sure. Hey guys, it's your favorite DM Ed. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening to Bardic Mystery Tour. We really appreciate all of you. Uh, seems that there may have been a little bit of confusion between what happened between Druskbit and Oilertown, and maybe we didn't go over it properly, but we did a guest spot on a podcast called House Civis Echoer Station, and the team, Dreamlancer, was teleported from our world to their world in between Dreskpit in Oilertown, and that's why uh, episode A of Oilertown was uh, them teleporting back into that dungeon. But so if you want to, you can head over to com, and that's their website. You can find them. You can find them on any podcatcher you uh, use. But they did an interview that is their in-world characters interviewing our in-world characters, Dreamlancer, as the band. And um, they also did a follow-up episode it was them interviewing Bardic Mystery Tour. So it's kind of a behind-the-scenes look. So if you want to see an interview with us, you can go check them out. It's already out. You can view both of them already. So um, also, they have this really cool, immersive radio station concept where they aren't an actual play D&D podcast, and they're not a knowledge podcast. They just do a radio station in the world of Eberron. So it's actually really cool. So go check them out. And uh, remember, check out our Facebook, check out our Twitter. That's where we kind of announce stuff on there. So if you don't follow them, that's what happened. But uh, yeah, check out our social media. Check out our band camp. Remember to listen to our music because you love our songs. Because we write the best songs that anyone ever writes. And keep listening to us because that's awesome. And we really appreciate all of you. And without wasting any more of your time, let's get back to the show. You continue along the craggy path. Craggy path. Craggy path. It winds and turns. You feel completely lost. I get out my compass. Do you have a compass? Yes. You can now see which way is north. Great. You come across a small stream. Does it look the same as the small stream we saw before with a half-eaten fish next to it? There's no half-eaten fish or small footbridge. Okay. Roland's like, oh, let's do a little fishing. Oh, okay. I help Roland fish. He pulls out a tackle box and baits his uh, hook, casts his line, waits a couple minutes, catches a fish. He's like, dinner is served. What kind of fish is it? After we cook it, I cook my fish. Yeah, I agree. I usually eat fish raw sushi, you know. Okay. I usually just like uh, go to the grocery store and get like fish sticks from the freezer section and just eat them raw. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you can eat them raw. I leave them on the counter overnight. Like, I don't think fish sticks are raw when you buy them at the grocery <laughs> store. Yeah, I'm into raw hot dogs and fish sticks and Tyson chicken nuggets. There you go. Yeah, make a burrito out of that. You just leave, like, you buy them frozen, leave them on the counter overnight, hold them up in a burrito, squirt some mayo in there. Little chipotle mayo. Yeah. Sriracha mayo. Gobble that down. Mm. Is it dinner time? Are we going to like set up camp for the night? What time is it? I look at my wristwatch. Your sundial? Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's not dinner time. Okay. All right. So what you do is you overlap a bunch of tortillas, like Venn diagrams. 
Oh, we're gonna make like one of those like Subway super long yeah, burritos. Yeah, and then you roll that whole thing into a mega burrito. Oh yeah, it's a twelve foot long burrito. Yeah. All right, then you put that in the freezer, but it's longer than the freezer, so the one end hangs out. You start eating that end. As you get through it, it thaws out. I like where you're coming from. Why don't you just buy a freezer that's twelve feet long? Because then one end would be it would all thaw at one time. It wouldn't make sense. You could put it in like one of those conveyor ovens and just eat it as it comes out of the oven. <laughs> All right, so he caught a fish. Roland says, so guys, I think we're good and lost. I mean, the big guy here, he's got a compass. Oh, sweet. Where are we going? Up, up, still up, you know, up, up. this mountain. Okay. Let's just look around and see which way it looks like it's steep, and then we'll walk that way. And walk up it? Yeah. All right. Steep, but passable. Yeah. Roll a nature steepness check. Ten. Ten steepness? Eight. Eight steepness? I don't know how important a steepness check is, man. Thirteen steepness. Okay. I actually want to just investigate and see if it feels like exactly the same place as before, and we're in some weird alternate reality loop, or if this is just like another spot that seems similar. So I kind of want to look around. Okay. First, I look for any of Lars's poop, because he may have pooped at the last place. I never rolled to see which side of the oncake Lars was on. That's true. You want to find out? I should have made you roll a handle animal to see if you ran away. You mean to retroactively do that? No. All right, roll a poop check. 24. As you're looking around for poop, you find this strange domed structure of some sort that only seems to be about eight feet tall, but it seems to have a really small door into it. Like an igloo? Yeah, but not like, so an igloo has like the uh, protruding door area. Yeah. And plus when you go into an igloo, like you go under, you go down. Yeah, but this isn't like that. Yeah, it's like a hemisphere with like a as close to flat as you can get kind of area with a door on it. Is it made of rock or is it made of some other material? It's made of rock. Okay. Um, But it's like precisely hewn. Yeah. Ultra fine hewn. How far away am I from everybody when I find this? Not very. Okay, I'm going to walk back over to everybody. Okay, they're standing around. Hey, everyone. I found something interesting. I kind of whisper it, though, because I don't want anyone to know that I found it from inside of there, you know? Oh, cool. What is it? And then I put my finger up to my mouth, like the gesture to be quiet. And then I wave them towards me, and I bring them over towards that dome with the door. I make a big show of tiptoeing, like it's a big joke, like you would with a kid. Roland goes, oh, sweet, it's one of those shrines. What's that? Oh, those are the shrines of the Mountain of Fame. They hold, like, some of the most powerful relics for, I don't know, rock and roll or something. Oh, we got to get in it and check it out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Is there a handle? On the door? Yeah. Yeah. Does somebody want to stand, like, in front with a spear and, like, one of us will open it? Sure. Do you want to use uh, our buddy's spear? Yeah, the only spear we have is that one. Booger's spear. Yep. I'll stand ready in case anybody jumps out at us. Okay. Since it had to be a spear and it couldn't be, like, a sword. Yeah. All right. I'm going to open the door. Are you ready, Wendy? I'm so ready. All right. I Wait, open- before you open the door, Wendy, are you ready? I don't respond to Raj. I open the door. You open the door, and it goes inside. 
The door goes inside? No, like the hallway that the door was covering up goes inside. Does the door open outward or inward? Yeah, no, it opens outward. It's like a storm door, like one of those, like, uh, look, mom, not in Kansas. Not meant to be locked. Is it dark inside? No, there's a faint blue light coming out of it. Do I look like I fit through this door? You said the whole structure is eight feet tall and I am seven foot nine. Yeah, it's like tight AF. You guys want me to go in or? I'll go in first and check it out. Okay. Do you want some light? Should we wait out here? No, I don't need any light to see. Okay. We'll wait out here. I go in. How dark is it actually? It's dark, but there's a faint blue light that makes it so you can like see the room. It's pretty bare. In the center of the room, there's a circle. And there's a pedestal. All right, I cast light. All right. Baby, there's some darkness all around. Take my hand and I'll guide you through the night. It's now brighter. In the center of the room, there's a circle. And there is a pedestal sticking up out of it that has like a another little tiny four inch diameter blue dome on top of it. I call up, hey, there's another little shrine inside here. Isn't he just like right in the door? Or did he go down? Yeah, the thing's steps? only like 16 feet in diameter, right? So he turns around and yells like directly in our faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're wearing headphones. I'm going to I'm going to touch it. OK, okay, uh, OK. I think someone should be in there with you, bud. Okay, send in someone with a spear. Roland runs in. He's like, I didn't bring a spear. Throw that spear in. Don't hit me with a spear. I gently toss the spear in. All right, Roland takes the spear. He's like, I have a sword. Oh, whatever. I go over and I inspect that little dome. How intently do you want to inspect it? Real hard. So hard that I roll a check for it. Like investigate it? Yeah. All right. 16. While you're looking at it, and Roland is helping you, you at some point touch the dome, and a giant pillar of blue light, the size of the circle that's on the ground, engulfs the two of you. And then you hear a loud, low-pitched hum as the circle you're standing on and the pillar with you and Roland on it begins to descend into the earth. Oh, God, guys, get in here quick! I run in and get on the pedestal with them. You see a giant pillar of light. Mm-hmm. You just trying to jump on them with you real quick. You jumping on them? I try to get in as fast as I can. I don't know how fast I can get in. Yeah, you make it. Okay. You have to fall like three feet to get onto the That's thing. That's fine. I'll be okay. What'd you do with Lars? Oh, I, I would have brought him too. Could he come too? He's with me. All right, roll a handle animal check. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> Here's a moment of truth. 17. All right, you coax Lars into following you into this bizarre otherworldly shrine. Yeah. Hey, what if this is a trap? Too late now. Well, I listen. Is Admiral Akbar saying anything? Yeah. What's he saying? It's a trap. I'm strong, sad. What happens next? Do we feel like we're going down? We didn't even read the plaque that was outside because our DM didn't even tell us there was one. Yeah, I inspected so well I got a 24, and you just told me there was a dome. Yeah, well, maybe the plaque's at the bottom of the elevator. How long are we on the elevator You descend for a long time. And then the blue pillar of light that's surrounding you drops. You find yourselves in a small circular room with a little bit of water 
all over it. Like the floor, just the floor, not like the walls or anything. And there's one entrance out of it. I would like to investigate the room. And there's a plaque on the wall that says the Temple of Dasgasha. Not Dasgasha. Who's that, Raj? I got a six on my history check. You have no no idea. Dasgasha is an old orcish god. The god of deceit. I got a 19. Do I know who Dasgasha is? You've never heard of Dasgasha, but you feel like it's not the old orcish god of deceit. I got a 13. I feel like you also don't feel like it's the orcish god of deceit. Sure, Raj. You don't believe me? Never. You want me to quit the band? That's not what he said. No. Dasgasha just doesn't sound very orcish to me. Whatever. And then I pretend to storm off. I mean, I do storm off, but I'm not actually upset, but I'm pretending to go through that door. Taking my light with me. I follow, and I hold on to Lars's leash. I wonder, is it all the plaxas? Uh, yep. <laughs> it didn't load enough because the elevator didn't take long enough. I still want to investigate this room that we're in now. Okay. There's a faint blue light that's emanating from everywhere. I got a seven. All right, you found that plaque again. That ain't bad. What's it say on it? Temple of Dasgasha. Oh, I'm gonna cast I know light. who that is. <laughs> I'm going to cast light on Lars's collar. Oh, in case we lose him, that's yeah. smart. Done. You gonna try and go through that door? I already. We already. Everyone except for you already went through the door. No, we went towards it. Yeah, you went towards it. You stomped off like a whiny whine. Yeah, we want to go through the door. I want to go through the door, and I'm giving off body language that I don't. I want like a lot of attention, but I want to act like I don't want attention. You're such a diva. That's an Overwatch joke. Yeah, call Mac. Well, I'll follow them then. You enter a very large room with huge pillars. Does it look like that room in the Mines of Moria? No, way smaller than that. Way, oh, way okay. smaller. Way smaller than that. Does it look like a room from Zelda Breath of the Wild? Uh, I haven't seen every room in Zelda Breath of the Wild, but I maybe. I assume he means the shrine rooms. Mm-hmm. Is there more water in here than there was in the last room? No, there's just like um, these little troughs that run around the outside of them. Are they, like, making a trickling sound? Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, soothing music playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like what's it sound like? It's on a loop. It's on an infinite loop. Um, is there anything, like, at the end of the room? No, but every, like, one and a half seconds, you see an arrow fly across from your left to your right. You hear, like fire out. It goes like, and then you're like, can we see where it's coming from? The left behind one of the pillars. Is it like fake or is it like an arrow for bone arrow arrow? It's like a arrow trap arrow. But it's not like an illusion telling us to go that way. I want to go investigate the hole it's coming out of. Yeah, I do too. Without coming in front of it. You cautiously walk up to the first pillar. (laughs) An arrow flies right by your face. You see a little hole in the wall on the left side that an arrow flies out of. But on the right side, you see a very large golden circular shield and a huge pile of arrows. (laughs) (laughs) And peeking from behind the giant shield is Knuckles. Knuckles. He looks terrified. He goes, oh my, what are you guys doing here? We came here to save you 
for the right price. It keeps firing arrows at me. <laughs> I hold still. And then I lay on the ground and I roll underneath the flight path of the arrows. All right. And then I keep going. You keep rolling? No, I'm going to stand back up. All right. And I'm like, guys, let's go. As soon as you get to past the second pillar, an arrow fires out of the wall. Roll a dexterity save. 24. You expertly dodge it. This is a circular room? Nope. It's an, a rectangular room. So yep. it's like pillar shooting arrows across and then another pillar shooting arrows across and probably yeah. just like arrows the whole way down. Yeah. Every time I get to a pillar, I'm going to jump past it real fast. All right. Every time you jump past it real fast, it fires an arrow really quickly. <laughs> but it misses me all the time because I'm so fast. Yeah, because you jump past it instead of walking in front of it. Guys, this shoot, these all shoot arrows. Can we just walk around the pillars? No, the pillars are next to the walls. They're like right close. They're like built into the walls. How high up is the arrow shooting out? Uh, three feet and one inch. Okay, I watch Raj running across and jumping and doing his little maneuver. Are they all coming out at the same height? Yep. Okay, I just crawl with Lars. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Okay. Across the room. Roland kind of ducks, and he sees uh, Knuckles. He's like, you coming with us, man? What does and Knuckles do? Knuckles is like, this thing keeps firing arrows at me. You got to move just, out of the way. Stay low, man. Just shimmy to the right until you're past where the arrows come out. You're a dwarf, dude. <laughs> if you couldn't figure this out on your own, I don't know if you deserve our help. Does he, like, see us crawling and, like, get over it and realize what he should do? Or Yeah, Knuckles follows you also. Okay. I'm like, hey, where's the rest of your guys, you know? He's like, oh, I don't know. We got split up in the mountains. It's confusing out there. There's bugbears. Yeah. We haven't run into any of those yet. We saw some weird thing, though. I don't know what it was. Did I know what it was? It was a bear bug. An umberhulk. No. It was a bear bug. An earth elemental. Uh, no. It had, like, pinchy pinchies, and it had acid dripping, and a carapace. Onker honker. Onkeg. Yeah. It killed our best friend, Booger. Well, that sucks. Was he your drummer? Nah, nah. Do you need a drummer? I am a drummer. You want to be our you drummer? You want to join our band? Um, we have a drummer. He's I know. with you, big guy. I know. Oh, yeah. Can he get past the arrows without a handle? And we'll check. Yeah, he's short enough. All right. We all get to the other side of the room and we go through the next door. All right. In the doorway, though, not even into the next room, there's a giant man-sized bear trap. Like on the floor? Yeah, like chained to the floor. It's holding on to a goblin. I pull Wendy's poster out and I look. Is it one of the ones we're looking for? It looks exactly like Boyne the Quick. And Roland goes, a goblin! And he pulls out his sword. Hold on a second. Jeez, just give him a second. Let's ask him what's going on. Is this goblin alive? Is Boing the Quick alive? Boyne. Oh. Yeah, I want to call out to him. Hello, traveler. Are you all right? Uh, he screams something back in goblin. What does it say? He says, I'll stand to my last breath. You'll die, all of you. I say in Goblin, why do you want everyone to die? He says, oh, you speak Goblin. Yeah, I am a Goblin. Oh. In disguise. Well, I just assume you guys are all here to kill me. No. You're a Goblin? Yeah, but don't tell these guys. Oh, okay. I holler to stop. I'm like, this looks like one of them that we're looking for, man. Oh, are you one of the four generals? No. Oh, are you one of the four champions? Oh, yeah. Did you destroy this shrine? No, I'm trying. Trying. But there's a huge bear trap on the ground. 
Alright, well, how, what's your plan to destroy it? It's gonna go to the middle and try to hit it with my spear. Alright, we'll handle that for you. He's stuck in this bear trap, right? Yeah. Legs squishoed. Yeah, his leg's probably broken and he's like bleeding profusely. Okay. Like, if it had been Booger, he'd be dead. Alright, I'm gonna let you out of this trap, okay? But if you attack me, I'm gonna be very upset. Well, that dwarf and that fox person look like they're really angry and they want to kill me. I turn around. They look very angry like they want to kill him. And I say, in Inganalian, Hey, this guy says he doesn't want you to kill him. Knuckles goes, why would we not kill him? He's a goblin. I'm going to let him out. He promised not to attack us. Yeah, but goblins are all liars. Why do you want to kill him? He's a goblin. That's not a good reason. Uh, yeah, it is. No, man. He he could just like be a good person. and No, goblins are evil. They... Kill says travelers. who? Everyone knows goblins are. Have evil. you ever known anyone that was personally killed by a goblin? No, I didn't think yeah. so. Maybe this is why your tempos are always shifting slightly because you haven't found peace. I don't. I don't think that's true about myself. I'm actually a very steady drummer. Mm, okay, I heard the Matrix, but whatever. And powerful warrior. All right, all right. Well, let's let's get him out of there and see how he's doing. And then if he tries to attack us, then we can attack him. But if he doesn't try to attack us, then we all just chill. What if, while he's in the trap, we just cut his head off? Let's not do that. It seems like mm, a rash decision. No, all right. Let's not be rash. Let's talk about this. Let's cut his head off while he's in the trap. I'm going to cast Unearthly Chorus. What does that do? Music of a style you choose fills the air around you in a 30-foot radius. The music spreads around corners and can be heard from up to 100 feet away. The music moves with you, centered on you for the duration. Until the spell ends, you make charisma performance checks with advantage. In addition, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to beguile one creature you choose within 30 feet of you that can see you and hear the music. The creature must make a charisma saving throw. On a failure, the creature becomes friendly to you as long as it can hear the music and for one hour thereafter. You can make charisma deception checks and charisma persuasion checks against creatures made friendly by the spell with advantage. Okay. So I want to cast it and then I want to uh, try to beguile. Which one is fighting harder? Knuckles, for sure. Okay, then I want to cast it on him. Roland looks like he's in, though. He keeps on like pointing to Knuckles like, it's got a point. So he gets a charisma saving throw to not be beguiled. So then he knows you're trying to beguile him, right? It doesn't have anything like the friend one does where they know that you're trying, like they hold it against you. It doesn't say anything about that in the spell. I like to imagine this is like in a Disney movie where someone's trying to convince somebody. Oh, look, what a day. You can finally wear that dress. I don't know. What are some Disney movies that are real ones? Real examples. You know what I mean? And it's like a song version of persuading somebody to get on it's your side. It's just got a little more oomph behind it, you know? Than me saying, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. 
All right, then you're going to try to roll a persuasion check? No, first I try to beguile him. Yeah, but Ed's, it seems like Ed's giving us some secret language that means it didn't succeed. But you can still try to persuade him. And then I try to persuade him that he should not try to kill this goblin, and we should just let him We should let him out of the trap and then like not attack him unless he attacks us. All right, roll a persuasion check. But it's with advantage, right? Because of the beguiling. Nope, it turns out it's not an advantage. That's nine. That's actually a really big bonus. I'm really good at persuading people. Well, you failed your persuasion, but I feel like Knuckles is basically at the point now where he's like, look, if the three of you don't want to kill him, that's fine. I don't think I weighed in too hard on the subject. What? You want to? Yeah, you want to kill him? No, no, no. I don't want to. I just want you to know that I didn't say that before. Like, whatever. We don't have to kill him. All right. All right. How's Roland feeling? Roland's like, oh, I don't know. Like, we didn't kill uh, Gumby and... That turned out fine. Booger? Whatever. Yeah, man. I think we're good to go, Raj. It's all you. All right. I turn back to Boyne and I say, and Goblin, I say, all right, I'm going to let you out. If you look threatening, they're going to murder us both. So don't do anything. Do you need help opening this trap? Do they know you're a goblin now? No. Don't blow my cover. Are you a mage? I don't want to give away my secrets. I'm from the hills. I was sent here to check on you guys. And then I opened the... <laughs> I, don't, I, I want to get out of this bad lie. <laughs> All right, roll a strength check. I'm, I, he'll help you, so... Strength? Yeah. That's my best feature. Okay, what is it? 12. Uh, I rolled a 12. Yeah, I guess with his help, you guys managed to muscle that thing open. But it takes way longer than it should. And everyone else is just staring at you, like, awkwardly, like, dropping it on his broken leg. He's like, oh, my leg. Oh, God, it hurts so bad. Do you need help? Uh, we got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Are you sure? I. Uh. He's like, my poor broken leg. They call me. They call me Boyne the Quick. Well, it looks like they're going to be calling you. Never mind. I hope you feel better, man. <laughs> Don't say that. All right. Is he just going to bleed to death in this place? Like, should we heal him? You don't start bleeding until you're unconscious. In <laughs> D&D. Yeah. He seems to have kind of stabilized, I guess, and was just going to starve to death in that trap. Okay. How much does he weigh? Is he like, he's like little, right? He's small for a goblin. Okay. So he's well, probably like barely even hits the three foot mark. He might be like two foot ten. All right. So what? He probably weighs. He's little guy. You know, like, what, 25 pounds? How much hey, is it? Hey, Raj. Yep. Yeah, ask this guy if he needs me to carry him, if he's okay walking. Um, He said, if you don't run out of here quick, he's going to murder you. So just be careful and watch out for those arrows. What? Uh, you're rolling like a bluff check? Yeah, sure. I guess roll with advantage because he doesn't speak their language. So I got the same thing twice. Perfect. <laughs> In classic Brayton style. I got a 16. All right. He's like, ah, and he just books it. He runs past. His uh, broken leg. Yeah, on his broken leg, he's like hobbles as fast as he can right past Knuckles, who swings a warhammer at him. Oh, actually, Knuckles hucks his warhammer into the corner, and uh, Boyne ducks it quickly. It runs as soon as he passes the first pillar. An arrow fires out and it hits him right in the neck. He's shorter than the arrows. And this one took a little dive, and he goes, "Oh neck! Oh god!" He falls to the ground. He's like. <laughs> Starts gargling on his own blood and lays there as he bleeds out. What did you do? What did you say to him, I Raj? told him that you'd give him a hand. And then he just looked terrified and ran. 
Do I believe him? I'll roll a deception check. I want to know if I believe him, too. 26. 7. 21. Yeah. That's so weird. Knuckles man. walks over, picks up his warhammer. He's like, oh, yeah, six of one, half dozen the other, I guess. You're a callous dude, man. Roland just shrugs his shoulders. All right, well, let's head on into the shrine. Do you think we should, like, try and take his body back with us for the Goblin King? Well, or? I think we have to come back this way. Oh, this isn't, like, a one-way adventure? It's a in and out? Let's take something off of him so we can prove. Yeah, does he have anything identifying on his body? Like a necklace or something? Yeah, he has this weird red hooded scarf thing. It's a super goblin kind of thing to wear. Like Red Riding Hood. You know those like panda mittens with a hat on top? It's like that, but without like the panda theme, just with like the red theme. But no hands. Okay. Uh, Can we get that off of his body safely? Uh, You probably have to make a dexterity check or get shot in the neck with an arrow. (laughs) What if big guy crooks him? Yeah, crook him. Okay. I get kind of close and I hook his- Hook his broken leg and drag him back. Yeah. His leg falls off. Oh, God. Hook the other one. I try to hook just the scarf. See if I can get just the hooded right. part. Yeah, you get it. Okay. It's covered in blood. Sweet. All right, let's take that with us as proof that we found him. All right. I shove it in my uh, pack. Rucksack. Yeah. I'll lead the way again, but I'm going to look out for traps. All right. Wendy, are you good at traps? Um, I don't know. How do I know that? Is that like it? That's not like insight. What does what do you roll for a trap check? Perception, probably. Yeah, I could roll for perception. I don't know, like in second edition, okay. it was like traps. The skill. All right, I'll stay in the front. Is our next song gonna be trap music? Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. Roll a perception check. Eighteen. Thirteen. Fifteen. Oh, all right, Roger. You see, like uh, this thin blue light about mid calf height. From the ground above the water that you have decided is a trigger for a trap. I want to stand back. How far in the future do I see it? Uh, you're only like five feet away when you see it. You have to get pretty close because it's pretty, it's pretty well hidden. I take an arrow and I throw it and try to interrupt the beam. While I'm standing 15 feet back. Okay. Uh, you huck an arrow and it breaks the beam of light. You hear a loud mechanical release. And then from the sky, it drops down this huge log that's suspended by two huge chains. It looks like a battering ram, basically, and it just swings straight down the corridor where the entire party would have been had you not noticed the beam of light. And then after, like, a couple swings, it kind of steadies itself. Does it retract up? Nope, it stays down. All right, cool. Let's go. Uh, I step over the beam anyway, just in case. I'll follow him. Yeah. I'll bring ours. Then you enter another room with the same little troughs that run around the outside. I look for more traps. Roll a perception check. 17. 9. 15. All right. Wendy, the middle of the room looks a little bit precarious. Hmm. That middle of the room looks a little weird, guys. I don't know if we should step on that. What are you talking about? In the middle? Yeah. Looks like it might fall. Do we have anything we can chuck at it? You know? I throw an arrow on it. All right, your arrow lands on it. Looks fine to me. Maybe we should go back and get that whole stack of arrows. Well, let's just walk around the middle then. You said the middle? Yeah, the middle's where it looks precarious, so we should just walk around the edge, I think. Yeah, let's go around the edge. I'm going to go to the left. I'm going to go to the left. I'll go to the left, too. All right. Everyone walks around the very edge of the room. Even Lars. Roll a handle animal check. 24. All right. 
Raj throws the arrow out, and Lars goes to run after it, but you stop him in time. He's going to go fetch Good the arrow. Good thing there's a chain there. She stopped him with handling him emotionally. Yeah. I said, don't go, buddy. Which is a lot different than heal, which is weird, because if you have a pet that can, like, cast healing spells, does it know, like, should I... You're like, heal! And then, like, it like gets behind your, like, legs, and then, like, you're like, no, my friend's dying, and it's like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't have pets that can cast spells. Think about it. Like a homunculus. Like a homunculus. Like a huge monkey list. Pseudo-dragon. In the next room. The next room you enter is this enormous room with large waterfalls pouring from the sky. Ooh. There is blue light pouring out of all of the entire ceiling everywhere. The one side of the room is this enormous pool of extremely clear water. The other side has this very large statue of a winged elf who is upraising her arms to the sky and looking up while singing with an open mouth, looking hopeful and promising to the sky, her wings outspread to an enormous length. The entire statue is made of stone, but around her neck is a necklace that is made of platinum or some silverish metal. You don't if you don't know metallurgy that well, you probably just think it's silver. I'd like to further inspect the statue and see if the necklace is removable. Yeah, it looks removable. I mean, uh, roll an investigation check. 11. It's removable. In this game, if an invisible creature walked through a blue light, would it trip things? DM discretion. Okay. Yes. But invisibility is the bending of light. So if it's a path of light. That's not how magic works. Magic works with the DM's discretion. <clears throat> I'd like to intimidate the room. The room? <laughs> I'd like to intimidate the DM. Do we know what's up? Is there any way to, to interact with this statue that we can see? Other than stealing the necklace? Roll an investigation check. 14. 12. You don't see anything that you can interact with. There is a plaque. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to know if I knew who this was. What's that good plaque say? The plaque says... Das Gasha. So, Elvin, not orcish. Then there's a bunch of like stuff about how she is really cool and super powerful and save the world with rock and roll. Is she a goddess of water? Because there's a lot of water in this temple. She just likes water. Oh, okay. Water's cool. Does she like to play the water glasses? Yeah. Sick. Did you say she had a harp? Nope. Does she have a musical instrument? No, she was singing and looking up toward the heavens with her arms upstretched. In a hopeful expression. I would like to try to sing a simple song and see if anything happens. Are you wearing the necklace? No. Okay. Was that a hint? No, I want... She... I thought you were trying to determine whether the necklace changed anything when you wore it. No, I haven't touched it yet. I just looked at it. detect magic on the necklace. Me? She already used her detect magic for the day. All right. I will cast detect magic as a ritual spell if everyone just chills for 10 minutes. Okay. We have to wait in real time as punishment. Yeah. And you have to write a 10-minute song. You cast Detect Magic. Ten minutes later, you realize the necklace is magical. 
Guys, that necklace is magical. <laughs> While you're doing that shit, Wendy's going to sing a song. Yeah, I want to sing a little song. One taboxy, two taboxy, four taboxy, three. You can find the others, but you can't find me. Five mice, six mice, eight mice, nine. Hide in your holes or you'll be mine. Did anything happen? No, but... While you're dicking around for 10 minutes, Roland's like, oh, sweet. And he runs over and throws his fishing rod down in the super clear pool. The whole rod? Nope. Just the part with the bait. Okay. Arguably not even part of the rod. Just a string. Just the hook. Hook and the bait. Some string. Dude, what if you got a golden salmon out of this place? Sick. What's the drop rate on golden salmon? How tall is this statue? I was going to say like really big, but if it's wearing this necklace and it's a human-sized necklace, it can't be that much bigger than a human. Let's say it's like eight or nine foot tall human, but then like her long flowing dress and like wings stick out. So it's a, it can still be like a big statue, you know? I want to try to go for the necklace. Do you need a boost? How high up is it? So she's on a dais, but it's neck height, but she's leaning forward. And she's only like, what, I say like an eight or nine foot tall human. So it might be like 10 feet off the ground. Yeah, I could use a boost. All right. Do you want me to like get on all fours? Yeah, I think that'll work. Or you can give me like one of those stirrups with your hands. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. That way I'm ready to run away if something terrible happens. I get down and give her that stirrup boost. All right. You jump up and you grab the necklace off of the statue. And then you hear Roland scream. Ah! I look over at Roland. He goes, oh, geez, I thought there was something down in that pool. Okay. I put the necklace on. All right. I sing another song. All right. Same song. All right. I make it easier for myself. You go to sing your song, but no voice comes out of your mouth. Instead, it comes out of your armpit. Out of my butt. Can she talk? I don't know. Try talking. I try to talk. It does not work. I say to Rod, your face looks dumb. No noise comes out. But he can lip read. I just give her the finger. Wendy, your voice is gone. I shrug my shoulders. And then I point at just the necklace. Just take it off. I say, take a few steps and see if it makes you silent, you know? I take a few steps and see if you can hear my foot pads. You're trying to, like, make it loud? Yeah. Like, stompy. Uh, no, they can hear you walk. I take the uh, necklace off and I put it in my pack. You don't really feel like taking it off. You like it a lot. Okay. You think it's really pretty. Wendy... Take it off. We need you. Wendy, stop fucking around. I just like hold on to it. Like it's precious. Fine. Keep it then. Let's go find the, the rest of these shrines. Knuckles goes, um, we're going to destroy the shrine or? Oh, why are you want to destroy the shrine? Oh, no, I don't give a shit. I guess just the goblins want to destroy it. Yeah. I thought that since all the goblins were dead, we would just. Actually, I don't even know the goblins want to destroy it. Fuck it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> the DM had a leak. I guess Roland would say, why don't you guys want to destroy this shrine for Boyne? What's his name? Boyne. He's dead. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, let's get out of here. I don't think there are any fish in this pool at all. Here's the thing. You guys tell me your opinions. Or at least, um, big guy, you tell me your opinion. If this really is the way to gain fame and make rock and roll better, I don't want to destroy them. You know, I think we can find a peaceful solution with the goblins to stop them from attacking travelers and travelers from attacking them. Yeah. All the goblins we've met that have died have basically died at their own hands. But, you know? like, Wendy can't sing anymore. 
Yeah. So well, like Wendy we, has chosen not to sing. I look offended. I go to Wendy and I try to like take the necklace off of her. Uh, she definitely resists. Um, I try harder. I roll like a. I don't know. I don't. Th- you can't do it. Okay. Unless you want to like knock her out or something, maybe. Even then, I don't see it happening. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, she won't take off that necklace though. So like, we don't have a singer now, uh, dude. We'll figure it out. I don't want to be the one that has to like talk to the audience. I motioned to my ukulele. Yeah, try to play that. I pull it out and strum it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, perfect. And then I point to the big guy, and then I point to my throat. No, like as in he can sing. All right, all right. I'll raise you one. Cast a cantrip. You know, do it. I try to cast minor illusion. Does it have a verbal component? I assume so. I think every bard spell has a verbal component. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think there's two of them that don't. I'm like, Wendy, you have to take that off. You you can't cast any spells. You can't help. You can't be, try, protect yourself. You can't help us. You can't help yourself. You know? You gotta take it off. I give the big guy whatever his version of the bird is. All right. Okay. Um, I want to try and knock down this statue. Okay, how? Just cast Shatter. Oh! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're welcome to look. If it doesn't have a verbal component, you can cast it. Does component S mean sound? B. No, no, no. S means... Somatic. Somatic. What does that a mean? A gesture. Motion. Yeah. What does M mean? Material. Like... An item. Give something up. It just says S and M for minor illusion. Then, yeah, you can cast minor illusion. hey Okay, so I cast a minor illusion of another necklace. I'm like, see, I took it off. I still see the one on her neck. I don't know. Roll a <laughs> deception check. Can you cast a minor illusion of not having something? No. Of just fur? You could do that, but it can't move. 26. Deception? Yeah. Wow. 14. All right, I'll roll two. Yeah, she took it off. Yeah, I only got a 12. Yep, she took no. it off. Did her spell song has a verbal component, but does that mean that like when she does this version, it's going to have no vocals, it's just the instrumental track, but it still does the thing? I think it's more like there's no song involved at all when you cast it, but we put one in the podcast because it's fun. Okay. So Minor Illusion doesn't have a verbal component because... It's for sneaking around. Right. I mean, that's like a, that's a meta explanation. Cool. And I just have it like covered up underneath my armor and I'm just being real quiet. Well, let's get out of here. I guess we got to collect all four of these. Wait, you said you were going to try to destroy it. I kind of want to. Yeah. How? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cast Earth Tremor on it. All right. Like right at the bottom of the feet. Okay. You cast Earth Tremor. The ground beneath you shakes and shudders till it's pretty destroyed, which makes the Earth uneven enough that the apparently not very well balanced statue topples over and shatters all over the ground. 
exploding what into little pieces. Have you done? Some of them skitter across and fall into the very clear pool and sink quickly to the I guess the bottom. You don't know. I thought that we were I didn't know we were gonna actually destroy the shrines. So we said we were gonna do. Yeah, but to the goblin king. Okay, well, I mean, I'm a man of my word, so I said I was gonna do it, so I'm doing it. Alright. Well, no use in trying to ever spill milk, right, Wendy? A nod. Let's destroy the rest of these bad boys then. Are there more in this room? That's every that's there are no more exits to this room. Okay. Unless you count that pole as an exit, which I don't. All right, we go back through the log room. I want to go look at the very clear pool before we leave. It is, like, very, very, very clear. What's at the bottom, then, if it's so clear? It gets real dark down there. I have dark vision. Yeah, but it's ruined because someone cast light. Wait, both of you cast light. Didn't you cast light in the top, and then you cast light on the collar? Yeah. Jeez, there's light everywhere. But Kemen's light is more like a tracking light for when Lars runs away. I, I'm going to cast light on a rock and throw like drop the rock in. On a chunk of statue? Yeah, yeah. All right. You see it sink and sink and sink until eventually there's enough water that the light is unseeable. Roland, there's an anglerfish down there. Uh, Roland goes, oh yeah, what's uh, an anglerfish? Isn't that the one with the glowy head? I don't know. Oh yeah, look down there, see? How big are they? They're just so big, probably, could be. Oh, are they catchable with this rod? I don't know. Do you have like a two-mile line? No. Let's get out of here. I cast light on Lars's collar again. Okay. Has Windy lost her voice forever? Who will sing for Dreamlancer? Will they find and destroy all of the shrines? Will they even escape this temple alive? Find out next time on Bardic Mystery Tour. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Bardic Mystery Tour is recorded at Looking for Group Pittsburgh. Looking for Group Pittsburgh is a land center in the Brookline neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you're in the area, stop by for games, co-working, or events. Find more information or schedule your next party at lfgpgh.com. 
It's rock and roll today. Ding. What floor are we on now? 13. 666. Oh, yeah, you're right.